Hey, it's Nikki, and this is the Getting Real Podcast. And today I am pleased to welcome Alex Miranda Cruz, co-founder of Brave Bird, a Madison-based indie film company. How are you doing today, Alex? Oh, I'm doing great, Nikki. Thanks for having me today. Well, I'm so glad that you could be here because I'm really interested to hear your whole story and interested to hear about Trace the Line. Can you give us a brief overview of Trace the Line? Sure. Well, Trace the Line is a feature-length narrative film. It's produced locally here in Wisconsin. Uh, It's my first endeavor in writing, directing a feature-length film. And uh, the story basically tells the lives of two young artists in Wisconsin. One's a poet, one's a, a painter. And they're basically trying to, through their relationship and their artwork, trying to make sense of what we went through in 2020 during the pandemic and uh, protests. What inspired you to make this film? Well, some context really, uh, you know, COVID was so hard for so many of us, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, From my small business, Brave Bird, uh, we lost over 90% of our commercial work overnight. But uh, it was was an unusual experience. You know, COVID-19 is uh, one of those, like, I feel like when... I have kids, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember when Grandpa used to talk about <laughs> that <laughs> pandemic that happened and they had to eat out of cans and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's our moment right now. <laughs> so so it's, it's kind of an interesting story of how the film was inspired. Um, that I, I had a, 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 a struck of imagination um, while I was sitting in my living room looking out and just contemplating uh, the, the present, the past, the future. Um, so there was that creative experience. It was, it was a beautiful experience where, where the story kind of presented itself. But then it was also done out of necessity. So it was like this combination of imagination and necessity. One, Brave Bird had spent several years developing an ecosystem of freelancers. And COVID-19 just wiped all that away. And so it wasn't just me losing my work. It was you know, the whole community that I work with as well. So it compounded. Um, so when this idea came up and I was like, wow, this is, this is very timely. It's very relevant. Um, I didn't know how I would tell it. I didn't even know if I could do it because of the circumstances of COVID. Um, but I just reached out to, to our community and I just said, hey, you know, we, we think we can um, try to preserve our, our ecosystem by fundraising to make this film together here in Wisconsin. And an, another thing is, one more thing I just want to add, Brave Bird has been working before the film came out. Uh, Brave Bird had been working on a methodology of filmmaking, a, a, a process of filmmaking called Cinema Dignité. So I just thought that would be the perfect story to implement that process. But you had to have face some very unique challenges in creating a film during a pandemic. What were some of those challenges? You're absolutely right, Nikki. (laughs) Um, I I love your podcast and and you get to talk to so many great, you know, filmmakers and artists, um, you know, in our state and in in our country. Um, So, and I'm sure a few of them have told you like making a movie is not easy. It's, it's difficult. (laughs) And uh, to make an independent film is difficult, right? Like without the support of a studio or outside of the industry. Mm-hmm. So just making a film in normal times is incredibly difficult. Right. To do it in 2020 with 
all the dynamics of um, the, the socioeconomic, you know, uh, realities as well as the pandemic realities, it made it even more difficult. Uh, so we, we had to film with strict CDC protocols. Um, for example, we wouldn't have like maybe, maybe we had no more than 15 people on set on any given day. Um, we made a feature length movie with a really small cast. Um, we wrote in the protocols into the storyline. So this film is so unique. You'll see, you know, our characters are wearing masks in the film. Um, they're six feet apart or more in the film. Most of the project was filmed outside, which is another layer of complexity. And you can't control the environment and the weather and the lighting situation. Right. Uh, so those are pretty pretty complex issues. Then you have the, the, the state reality of, like, Wisconsin is not known as a entertainment industry hub. And so there's that reality. Um, the state of Wisconsin ranks 49th in the nation for support of the arts. I think that made it also more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, everyone that made this movie except except our cinematographer, Greg Hatton, um, no one had ever made a film before. This was all our first time making a movie, uh, a feature-length movie. And our actors, they had never acted before. Wow. So th- those are some real challenges. We didn't have um, no star power. You know, we don't, we don't have a star or, or anything like that. So we also have that dynamic where we're just a whole bunch of like uh, unknown creatives making a movie in a state where no one expected a movie to come out of. So <laughs> but you, those are some of the crazy challenges. <laughs> yeah, and there definitely are challenges. But the thing about this is the message that you're trying to relay. What do you hope that people take away from this film? Oh, that's a great question, Nikki, and I can't wait for you to see it. You know, we're film's not out yet, not public. We're, we, we're some, it's in the film submission stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really am so curious to see what viewers will take from it. Like, I, I don't want to prescribe anything. You know, I, I want, I would love for viewers to watch the movie and, and share their own feedback of what they got out of it. Um, I, I would say that at a, at a bird's eye level, um, the film itself doesn't give any answers, but everyone that made it hopes that it will prompt our communities to ask the right questions. Um, personally, for me as a director, as a director, writer, as a filmmaker, um, my my high my bird's eye view is like I just want to recenter our our shared humanity, our shared responsibilities to each other, um, to the environment to the land, and um, I, I just want to remind people what it is to be human. And and then there's this other thing, too, with our film. It's like we we really want our movie... We don't want it to be just a movie. Like, this, to me, isn't a movie. This is a movement. Mm-hmm. And the movement, for me, is to really spotlight and, and help give a platform for artists and activists to rise up. Um, that's kind of how I see it. Um, we will be having an event on July 15th. It's free. It's an online event. You can, you know, folks can register 
and uh, we're going to talk about some of the themes of the film and, and our goals as well. One of the things that I know, you know, looking through your site and, and seeing some of your work and your interviews is that diversity is really important to you. So why is diversity in your team mm. and your subject matter so important? Mm. Oh, that's a great question, Nikki. Um, you know, everyone has different experiences in life, so I'm just going to share my own personal experience and, and I'm just speaking for myself. But um, I, I've had to wrestle with racism my whole life. And so this is a very personal um, story for me. And, and this endeavor is very personal. Um, I've experienced a lot of prejudice growing up. And, and I have my own challenges, too, in my own identity. It's like, how do I identify? You know, and I'm an I'm, I'm incredibly diverse person. Like, I have, I have um, you know, indigenous roots, African roots, European roots. Um, and I grew up in America. <laughs> so, so it's like a very complex life. And, and I'm just also trying to understand who I am. Um, but I grew up in L.A., and I was a professional actor for over 15 years. And because I, I have, like, an ambiguous look, I can play a lot of different roles. <laughs> and, I, you know, and I could be, like, Arab or Indian or Latino. Or, you know, I, I could just be so many different things. I'm like a chameleon as an actor. It's hard to peg me what I am. And... And that's such a gift, but at the same time, working in the entertainment industry uh, was really difficult for me because in my experience for over 15 years, I was cast-typed as a delinquent. Um, and even then, I knew that there was so much more to the stories that are depicted on screen. Mm -hmm. And I began to just wonder, like, how are these depictions affecting our society? And, there, and to be fair, there's even people who aren't even, they're never even represented in media at all. Um, and, and, the, and the ones that are, they're typically like, you know, BIPOC communities that are depicted in media, they are typically depicted in a negative light. Um, and, I, and I think that's attributed to the industry. The entertainment industry has been around for over 120 years, and it's been, you know, basically... Um, run by one demographic and one gender and that that culture has tried to tell everybody's story um, but not always for the right reasons mm -hmm. and I think that's resulted in a lot of stereotypes and um, a lot of tropes especially white savior tropes um, and so if these stories are continuing to be produced and written um, without the lived experience, you know, being told from a, a, a singular source of culture, like it's trying to dominate everyone else's culture, I think it just plays into, you know, creating unhealthy narratives. Um, so that's why it's important for me. Um, that's why diversity, having diversity in the, in, in, in the writer's, chair, the, the director's chair, and the cinematographer's chair, and the editor's chair. I think it's incredibly important to have those voices, to, to bring more authenticity to these stories. It's not, just how it's, it's not just about a story being told. It's about, you know, how does that story get made, with who does it get made, and, and who should tell it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I believe. That, that's kind of cinema dignity. 
you know, that that's really what that's trying to achieve. It's about ethical storytelling. A friend of mine in New Orleans, she says it's not about empowering communities, it's about repowering communities. We really just want to include the diversity into the storytelling. I think that's wonderful and 100% correct that the stories need to be told from the people who have experienced those stories. And one quick thing, Nikki, just so you know, like trace the line. um, The team was 50% female and 50% BIPOC. I mean, you just don't see those numbers in Hollywood. You know, just it's just incredible. Like what we did, it's it's time for for the world to to hear new stories. Yeah. So was that your time in Hollywood really the inspiration for you wanting to start your own indie film company? You know, I love storytelling. I think it's in my genes. I, I really do. I, I I think that's part of it. Um, I gravitated to acting at the age of eight years old. My dad wanted me to be a baseball player, and I told him I wanted to be a theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was always about the story, you know. And, and growing up in L.A., you know, that's, that's Hollywood, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the film center of the world. So I think that drew me into it. I, I'm a very visual person. I was um, functionally literate as a kid. I mean, I struggled with dyslexia, and, you know, I was held back in school, and, and people thought I wasn't intelligent, but I was always really visual. I was always a visual person. And so I think being able to gravitate to storytelling it was a way for me to share my voice. And um, I had a lot of fun in Hollywood. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't all bad. Like I learned a lot of good things. Um, I got to work with some great directors like Steven Spielberg. And, and um, it, before COVID in 2019, I, I was accepted to the American Society of Cinematographers Masterclass in, in Hollywood, the ASC. And I got to learn from some of the best cinematographers in the industry um, for how to, how to frame your shots and how to move the camera and, and how to tell a story. And, and then, you know, I have my, my record as an actor for over 15 years. I really learned the craft of storytelling. And so um, I think all of those experiences have been helped me a lot like there's a lot of good things in Hollywood you know they've been doing it for over a century and there's a lot to be learned there um we're just asking for for more representation you know more diversity uh I think one thing I realized personally for me at the time was like if I wanted to become an independent filmmaker I I was going to have to find an alternative to the current methods that were being used in Hollywood and and I think that's where I, I am today. What does it take to survive as a minority indie filmmaker covering especially such heavy material? Oh, yeah, that's a that's a really tough question. One thing I have noticed is that I need to be in a community. I need support, and I need partnerships. Um, I can't just do things by myself. It's a big battle. Like you know, I, I'm not a famous person. I I don't have. I'm not a millionaire, and I don't have the platforms that that, you know, the industry has. So that's incredibly difficult. So being able to, f- to find a community, to be able to, to, to garner support and to have the right partnerships has been incredibly, incredibly a blessing for me and Noel and our whole team. You know, despite Wisconsin being 49th in support of the arts, we've had some incredible people step up and, and say, you know what, we want to support you guys. We want to help you make this movie a reality. So that's one advice I would give for surviving as a minority indie filmmaker. I think also just realizing that, you know, not everyone's going to understand my life as, as a person of color or, or things that I've gone through. And so I think it's my responsibility to, 
to try to voice those in a way that brings dignity, you know, that I'm not trying to demonize or hurt anybody, but really understanding like, okay, we need to have conversations, you know, we need to talk about it. And I think about Fred Rogers a lot, you know, when he mm-hmm. says what's mentionable is manageable. And I just really want us to get to that point where, you know, let's, let's mention it, let's call it, let's call it for what it is, let's talk about it, and then we can really we can really move forward, but if we keep suppressing our feelings, we keep suppressing our ignorance and our, our anger and, you know, we, we get cancers and, and we, we have bitterness and separation. And so, yeah, I think that's another thing. It, it takes a lot of courage to do that though. I got to tell you, Nikki, I'm, I'm, I have fear a lot of times of like, man, how are people going to respond or what are people going to think of me? And it sometimes feels alone. So I think going back to that community, you know, going back to that support system that we have to just kind of, encourage us to keep moving forward. Um, We've been able to partner with some other creatives. There's an incredibly talented director in D.C., Kristen Adair of Unchained Stories. You know, she's doing great work on transformative justice. I'm trying to do great work on, on, you know, bringing more diversity, transformative storytelling. Uh, So it's really trying to find those creatives around our communities, in our state, in our country, and really kind of come together to, to, to push each other forward. Um, and then I would just say perseverance, you know, um, being a film, independent filmmaker, there's a lot of rejection. Um, you know, we're constantly facing just a, a lot of things like, you know, is this film marketable or is this, you know, this and that. So uh, there's a lot of, a lot of rejection that can come with being a filmmaker, right? And so there, they really, you really need to have a spirit to persevere. How can people support you and support Trace the Line and how are they going to be able to see it? As I mentioned earlier, Trace the Line is it's in the film festival submission stage right now, so it's not available to the public. All of our fingers are crossed, and we're hoping that uh, we'll see how the film festival responds to the project. There are ways that you can support us now. Um, one, we have a website for the film. It's called tracethelinefilm.com. Feel free to visit. It'll tell you more information about the film itself. Um, the process. We also have a Facebook page, Trace the Line, and an Instagram page. And we're holding these events. We're trying to have community conversations across the state that basically revolve around the, some of the main themes of the film. And you can join the, the July 15th event. It's, uh, it's free. And uh, we'll be talking more about those themes. Uh, I think we're we're really working to try to finish. We're we're trying to ra- we're still raising funds. <laughs> I've been working on this film for over a year, mm-hmm. and uh, we're raising funds to pay the cast and crew. You know, all these people they sacrifice their lives to make this movie, and uh, I feel that responsibility as a director, as a producer and writer. Like, man, I really want to compensate them for all their hard work and and all the risks they took on. So, if you are interested in supporting our film with our finishing funds. We are. We do have a fiscal sponsorship through Arts Wisconsin and and Film Independent. So you can just uh, type and trace the line in either of those um, organizations, and it, it should come up. I appreciate the fact that you put this film together and that you're opening up the conversations that so many people need to have and so many people are afraid to have. I think just having this perspective and encouraging people to have those difficult conversations and face the reality of what's going on mm. in the world around us. It's, it's so important. Oh, thanks, Nikki. Appreciate that.
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I'm going to have the link to the video preview and the link to the website available in the info section of this podcast. Alex, I really, really appreciate you talking with me today. Oh, Nikki, you're awesome. I uh, can't wait to hear your next uh, segment. And, uh, yeah, keep doing the great work you're doing in, in our state and uh, in our country. Thank you.